welcome to our podcast in Mindsight, where we discuss thought-provoking ideas and intriguing concepts. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Elias, and I'm very excited for the episode of this week, because today we're going to talk about intelligence. A very controversial what? topic, wouldn't you say, Elias? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, intelligence, something that I that I I'd like to have. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I've heard there are people who actually have it, but it's probably just a legend. Yeah, they're, they're so so far away, man. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Let let let's, man. Where 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 do we, where do we chip off this huge topic, man? It's, yeah, it's. It's a huge topic, that's true. It's yeah. actually way more controversial than than I thought. Uh, I started to read... Okay, maybe f let's give our audience a little bit of context. So um, as I'm going to start to study psychology in just a few weeks, um, I've gotten a textbook from a former psychology student. And this textbook is called Investigating Intelligence the uses and abuses of a psychological concept. And, you know, I think the title is pretty self-explanatory. It basically talks about the history of uh, measuring intelligence and kind of how this concept has been abused in the past by the scientific community and so on and so forth. And I think before we really get into the content of this textbook i just want to make sure that you know that this textbook is from 2014 so some things may be very well outdated um i actually <laughs> didn't didn't put in the effort to look every fact up i just hoped it would be you know all right and also yeah. because the textbook is very how is it called there's very much content in it i'm only going to talk yeah. about some of the more interesting and maybe controversial things that we can discuss in this podcast but obviously if you're interested and want a little more insight and context i just suggest you i don't know you buy the textbook and read it for yourself i guess yeah as far as i also read it the book is not covering like every um major major factor that plays into intelligence um in, in psychology like yeah. Even the book doesn't cover everything. How are we supposed to do this in our episode, man? Exactly. I think we, exactly. we, we have a failed plan here. <laughs> <laughs> That's off to a good start, right? Yeah. No, I think it's, it's going to be good. Guess we like the intelligence, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be good, I think. So let's, let's, let's just start. Um, the first thing I already mentioned, and I think it's pretty clear to most of us, is that intelligence is really one of the most controversial topics in psychology. And yeah. there are many reasons for it. Uh, apart from the fact that there is no real agreement on what the definition for intelligence is, which is already, yeah. you know, it's already off to a pretty bad start. <laughs> because if you're, you know, a psychologist researching intelligence and there isn't even an agreement on what intelligence actually is and what mm. is actually to be measured... I mean, that's already problematic. Um, but as we're yeah. going to see, it's it's problematic and controversial, not only because of that, but also because of the ways it has been used in the past 
And I sense, Elias, you want to say something? <laughs> Me? No, not at all, man. So is the book mainly mainly going into like controversies of controverse, cont whatever <laughs> an intelligent person would say now? No, um, is the book only going in like past uh, controversies? Con Fuck me, man. <laughs> or or <laughs> into controversial stuff from the past, or um, uh, and also like psychological uh, controversial stuff, <laughs> um. <laughs> or is it also covering uh, and the ethical issues by yeah trying to define intelligence, IQ tests, you know. All of that. So all of that in there. Obviously, you know, obviously, as you said, it doesn't cover everything. But I think the main uh, points of criticism are definitely covered. Um, all right. So let's see what's, what what do we have here. Um, it's actually quite interesting because kind of the introduction to this textbook mentions that there are basically two different types of psychologists. There are the ones who really believe in this concept of intelligence and believe that it can be measured and is of high importance and so on and so forth. And there are sort of the other camp of psychologists who are like, you know, intelligent or the attempt even to measure intelligence is a failed idea and we should just basically give it up and focus on other stuff. And as I said, to this day, the intelligence researchers cannot really agree on what intelligence actually is and what it is that they actually mm -hmm. measure and there are so many there was actually an extract from from a survey of intelligence researchers and they were asking hundreds of those researchers you know experts in their fields to define what they're actually looking for and what intelligence actually is and, you know, things were mentioned like common sense, adaptability, abstract thinking, distinguish it, God, distinguishing truth from falsehood, the ability to mm. suppress one's instincts. And as you can see, they're sort of very different things and they're all very hard to measure. And even I think even the point was kind of differentiating between truth and falsehood, how does that necessarily have to do anything with intelligence but you know that's just yeah to show no no that no man um i think i think that the thing is we can't measure intelligence uh like we measure we measure our weight in the morning you know um and similar to impact measurement you i guess um well now my consulting experience speaks um, you have to find indicators that try to that try to uh, yeah kind of evaluate um, certain aspects uh, in which uh, intelligence manifests. Yeah. And um, what you're trying to do probably in psychology here is to yeah come up with with the best list of indicators um, that represent intelligence to to yeah. Uh, the the best extent but that's probably where the issue lies because there are so many indicators out there and uh, you basically need to uh, like um measure every indicator then uh, try to bring them in relationship to each other like which one is more important for intelligence measurement uh, which one is only a side thing like maybe that's true or false or distinguishing thing um 
and that all varies with your definition of intelligence man that that creates a huge mess <laughs> just like impact measurement is <laughs> i i haven't heard the last like 10 seconds because of the connection could you just oh repeat? man sorry um yeah like putting all those indicators into a relation with a definition that is not clear uh, in itself the, the, the definition itself can vary that creates like a huge huge mess that nobody can yeah yeah see through and that nobody actually has the authority <laughs> to define uh, what what are we actually exactly. uh, what do we actually want to measure here right now exactly. similar to impact measurement which is a hot topic and very difficult <laughs> yeah absolutely man but yeah, exactly. That's kind of the point. So we have all these different experts and re intelligence researchers who kind of all look for the same concept, but end up kind of doing different stuff and not really knowing, okay, what's what's the common ground here? What are we actually looking mm. for? And how comparable Man. are all of those studies and all of that research? Yeah. Because if someone Man, I, I... is... Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry man are there are there any like major definitions that many people can agree on well you heard of? i mean i'm sure there are but i'm right now i'm only referencing the textbook and in the textbook it mm. says that much of the intelligence research these days is kind of based on three main points of agreement uh, one being that you know a whole range of specific abilities that enable a person to function effectively in their environment are underpinned by a broader ability called intelligence. Now that was kind of the textbook definition of it. In other words, yeah, makes, makes sense. You know, in other words, there's kind of this big concept of intelligence and all of the things like common sense, adaptability, abstract thinking, and so on are part of that, but none of them are mm. it's hard to kind of distinguish which one is more important, uh, which one does actually measure intelligence more accurately and so on and so forth. So, but we have these different abilities that we can say um, someone who has a lot of common sense and is very adaptable and is good at yeah. thinking abstractly and all of that may be like, more intelligent than his peers. What one definition? One definition that I'm familiar with um, is I, I think it's dividing intelligence into seven different categories, like emotional intelligence and. Um, and all of that maybe that's one of those 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 major yeah. definitions absolutely there are actually in a later chapter in the textbook there there's a chapter on kind of if there even are different types of intelligences intelligences yeah um and how <laughs> we can measure them intelligence i <laughs> intelligence i <laughs> no exactly um and yeah i think a big one that people usually have heard of is emotional intelligence kind of the ability to to connect with people on an emotional level and kind of read the emotional to, to state watch of a situation romantic to, to, to watch romance <laughs> films and actually cry <laughs> yeah to exactly and to feel empathy them. and sympathy for people <laughs> exactly <laughs> kind of that kind of stuff but yeah maybe in future episodes we're going to get into yeah, the different yeah. types of intelligences so that was the first big point of agreement. Uh, the second one is pretty obvious, which is that intelligence varies between people. Obviously, <laughs> there are people who are more intelligent than others. Um, there are people there are people who... that are less intelligent, and and then there's you, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's <me. laughs> 
there's us you mean no but there's yeah, yeah. yeah there's just differences in ability and intelligence between people and those differences mm -hmm. can be measured and so on and so forth and the uh, the third big point of agreement is that intelligence is actually quite important so um as far as the re research has shown so far intelligence really accounts for how well a person will perform at school or in the workplace or deal with intellectual challenges in life and so yeah intelligence is quite a big thing and you know there are many people who are like yeah it doesn't matter what iq you have or how intelligent you are because you know at the end of the day um i don't know i know what people say actually <laughs> i just i just think there are a lot of people who don't want to kind of see that and acknowledge that there are mm. differences in intelligence and intelligence can actually be quite important when it comes to your performance. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I think the thing that they are getting at is that intelligence is also so important on that meta level in the sense of um, if you did, if you've done an IQ test and put that on your resume or whatever, then that will also boost um, uh, your, your chances if it's a good result, obviously. Um, and it's it's i guess it's somewhat justified to um yeah to discuss that concept of is that actually intelligence or is that just like the matter lab, level label that is put on me here <laughs> exactly and yeah. on that note um before we go on have you ever done an iq test <laughs> no i have not and i honestly have no intention to do so because I have a very strong feeling that I will be very disappointed by the result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I have so too for you, man. I'm, I'm so sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you haven't yeah. done one either, have you? No, no. So, you so it's just a so? disappointment uh, that, that, you might, that you might feel. Well, <clears throat> you know, obviously I'm, I'm kind of joking here. I mean, I might someday do it just to see for myself mm. but i think iq tests these days have a strong tendency to kind of influence your self-image and your sense of self-worth so if you know if and you're your someone who is getting into harvard or <laughs> maybe not necessarily that let's say you're someone who um who has graduated Harvard, you know, and has went to work at McKinsey and start his or her own company and be a billionaire Sounds or whatever. Like <laughs> sure thing, man. Um, you know, those kind of people, when they do an IQ test and it's the result is lower than what they've actually expected, you know, it might actually have a positive effect because they're like, oh, I'm, I've got here through mm. hard work and... I outsmarted sort of other students who are more intelligent than me or whatever. Uh, but for someone who has done the exact same thing and the results may show a incredibly high sort of score, they may be thinking, oh man, I've had so much potential. I could have, I could be a multi-billionaire right now and be the first person to, to I don't know, man. Walk to start building yeah exactly to <laughs> start mars. building a town on mars you know and they may mm. feel like they've lived under their potential just because of the score of the iq test so i think an, an iq test can be helpful and can kind of 
maybe show you where your strengths are and yeah. in a way maybe also what your potential intellectually speaking is but i don't know if it's that necessary for people to actually know the scores i don't know do you agree yeah, on that no, or? I, I also think it's actually why why would it be necessary to know your to know someone's iq i mean to be honest, you couldn't get every information from CV and uh, in personal interview, I suppose, on how how well they are doing. Um, for me, for me also, I I think I I don't want to do an IQ test. Um, not necessarily because I'm worried about the number at the end, but more uh, in the sense of I don't like um, that label being put on me. Okay, you have that IQ. Um, now you're smart, or now you're uh, you're smarter. Uh, you're less smart than that person. Blah blah. Um, I I'm like rather a person that likes um, their actions and what they've done so far uh, speak for themselves. In that sense. And apart from that, I'm awesome. I can also speak for myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I don't know. But also, again, there's also a chapter on current IQ tests and whether they're mm. actually meaningful at all and all that stuff. Okay, man, then we'll get into that more. Yeah. So we'll get nice. into that at some point in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's just move on because there's a lot of stuff to talk about still. Um, sure. Okay, so chapter one is kind of talking about the history of measuring intelligence and kind of the first in intelligence tests and all of that. So there are many, many of today's intelligence tests. For example, there's an exam in the UK called the 11 plus exam, which I think, what was it? Students in, I don't know which grade take to see if they're smart enough to go to grammar school and then go on to go to, I don't know, Oxford or Cambridge, go to a great university and all of that. It's basically a mini IQ test for and it's children. Man, yeah. and you, and based on that test only, you it's decided where where you will go, man. It Pretty much, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty much that. It's kind of messed up, yeah. And, you know, they kind of rely on this assumption that a personal a person's intellectual ability can actually meaningfully be measured by a set of kind of general reasoning and problem solving tasks and again mm -hmm. whether or not that's very accurate we're going to see in future episodes <laughs> there's a lot of talk about it in future chapters yeah. um but yeah as you said it's kind of a a pretty fucked up system and there's actually i had a discussion with the guy who gave me this textbook about intelligence and he was like you know just think a poor kid from africa who might be incredibly intelligent but has never learned how to read or write how how are you even gonna measure his intelligence he may have an iq of 200 but you can't measure it because he cannot read he cannot write um he can probably only do basic math because he doesn't need to do any more. You know, he didn't go to school, but he might be an incre incredibly smart kid. How, what about him? Is he, is he stupid? <laughs> no, if you're only taking <laughs> the IQ test as a reference for how intelligent yeah. someone is, what about those people who can't read, who didn't have an education, but are still incredibly smart? You know, that's kind of the fucked up thing about all of that. Man. 
that that brings me to another question right now and i don't know whether you have the answer then maybe one of our viewers knows it um how much how much is your iq influenced by um let's say genetics and how much it comes from education and upbringing and culture and uh, stuff because on average we see that okay i think as, as far as i'm informed um that uh in western civilization okay iq seems to be uh higher than in africa and probably that's related to um how how well the school systems work and blah blah is there an answer that this book gives or do you know it by chance as a um, well, future psychology uh, <laughs> professor <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sure. Well, the thing with psychology, as far as I can tell from what I've read and heard and all of that, is that there are rarely any clear answers. There, There's al always a kind of it depends factor to, to answers. So yeah. what the book suggests is that... Philosophy. Go on. Uh, yeah, right. it's kind of kind of like that. Not not in all cases, obviously, but mm. when it comes to intelligence, I found that at least what the textbook talks about, it's kind of, yeah, environment actually plays a quite vital role, but intelligence is also heavily influenced by genetics. So it's kind of mm. both, uh, but it depends, <laughs> you know, because someone who might have a high IQ, let's say genetically, but grew up in an environment where, you know, he just wasn't educated or, again, didn't learn to read or write properly or grew up in a household where he was abused and therefore developed some mental problems and all of that. He may very well perform badly on IQ tests, but still have a high IQ genetically, you know? So th there are very sort of strange factors that play into that. And there's no <laughs> clear answer. Yeah, all right. So... That yes, basically didn't answer your question. <laughs> it was a yeah. clear, it depends. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but that's also kind of an answer, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let, let's move on. So there, yeah. the first test of intelligence. Um, that's quite interesting, actually. So in the second half of the 19th century, um, the intelligence research was focused on craniometry. So basically, you just measured people's heads, and the bigger the head was, the bigger the brain must be, so therefore that person must have high intelligence. That was kind of the whole reasoning <laughs> behind intelligence research. Nice, man. And Seems you be, you've been doing quite well back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, no, no. Um, yeah, but, but I, I, gu I guess that's obviously wrong, right? um <laughs> well, it, it's yeah. more no it's it's more it's more about as far as i i'm informed uh, please um correct me if i'm wrong it's more about like the um, connections of, the, of all your um, brain cells and uh, how how tight and how, how many how dense they are instead of the brain size right could be uh it didn't say anything about that in the textbook but sounds reasonable so hmm. may very well be but yeah, that's kind of the basic reasoning. So bigger hat means higher intelligence. And Man, we need like a we need like a dangerous half knowledge button here in this podcast. Yeah. 
Well, where some sort, are... sort of alert sound plays in. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, it was, I mean, apart from that, apart from craniometry, so measuring people's heads, there were also, people were tested based on different physical tasks, such as the test of eyesight, the strength of grip, color vision, hearing, uh, their hand preference even. So, you know, that kind of weird stuff. Um, and that was all man. factored Your eyesight into... is part of your intelligence. Sick. Yeah, man. If I... <laughs> like, at least back then. Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know if poor... I, I, I guess poor eyesight was the sign of less intelligence. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, that man, was... Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. Just to throw it in there. Um, your retina is like actually a part of your brain. And it kind of, I think, splits off as, as you're a fetus and um, develops like into yeah the retina of, of your eye it's actually part of your brain i again didn't hear like the last 10 seconds well um <laughs> the retina of your eye is is part of your brain like from how, how you evolved as a fetus okay that's i didn't know that that's so crazy. kind of you could argue maybe i yeah <laughs> sure i mean i doubt there are any there's any research or you know any evidence for that but sure who knows maybe they maybe they knew something after all who knows yeah but yeah. <laughs> the point is that those were kind of the factors that went into measuring someone's intelligence which obviously mm. i can I, I think we can agree that they're pretty pretty shitty factors yeah um and now the most you gotta start out somewhere <laughs> yeah and now what comes in is kind of the way that concept has been abused which is you know it, it has often been used as a tool of oppression kind of comparing upper and lower classes or comparing people of different racial backgrounds and using that pseudo-scientific research to reinforce social inequalities and discrimination so people were like oh look uh, people of the upper class have bigger heads therefore they have higher intelligence and you know it's perfectly reasonable that they have 200 times more money than the people in the lower class because they have uh, smaller heads and mm. therefore are more stupid and kind of that's what they deserve right or oh, you know comparing people of different racial backgrounds uh, white people have bigger heads you know which is not true i'm just making stuff up but <laughs> white people have bigger heads and therefore they're more intelligent and therefore it's okay to oppress black people or whatever. You know, those were the kind of reasonings and the kind of ways this concept has been abused in the past. And actually, if you think back to the Second World War and to Nazi Germany and all of that, there have been very similar pseudoscientific stuff that went out to the public and that made the public like believe the that Jews are genetics, um, shit and blah, blah. exactly that somehow uh, the German race is the more powerful race or the more superior. exactly more superior race, and uh, yeah. Jews are sort of the lower classes of human beings, and therefore you you have to kill them or whatever. So stuff like that that has kind of been repeated in the past, um, misusing pseudoscientific stuff ha I, mean, I think they have also killed on based on, on intelligence right there's like this oh man how was it called eugenics thing or um 
yeah especially like if you have like a genetic disorder like um, yeah down syndrome i think it's officially called like that i don't want to discriminate anyone that, that has it um <laughs> No, no, it's down. Then obviously, yeah. obviously, you couldn't um, going by the textbook definition that you've uh, brought up. Then obviously, you were a bit uh, impaired in um, living living up to like today's demand uh, or general demands of the day. And well, low intel intelligence they are not helpful for our race. Yeah, yeah. kind of, Let's get kind of, of like that. Stupid argumentation, man. Mm, yeah. No, mm, yeah. <laughs> no man i mean it's it's not always stupid it just led to the death of millions and millions of people just because some yeah. idiot thought no whatever yeah. anyways let's move whole on another episode man yeah whole <laughs> another episode let's move on to kind of a little brighter side of the story um there was a a psychology researcher sort of intelligence researcher who actually studied law but he never practiced mm. um As in, as an attorney, uh, Alfred Binet, whatever the French pronunciation of his name is, um, found that this approach of craniometry was complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> and he kind of pointed to a phenomenon that has become known as the confirmatory bias, which I'm sure you have heard about because we did an episode on that, I think, or something similar. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. We, we talked about thinking fast and, and slow and right. um, cognitive biases and check out exactly. that episode also very psychological if you enjoy if you're still sticking around and enjoy psychological textbooks and, and stuff it's quite yeah. nice yeah yeah and the confirmatory bias basically says that our expectations often influence the outcome so paying more attention to so we tend to pay more attention to the things that confirm our prior expectations rather than the things that actually yeah, disprove them. As an um, example, um, I don't like that party. Um, therefore, you, you tend to only see like uh, mess ups of different politicians from that party on TV. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or, you know, related to the craniometry stuff. Um, when these pseudo-scientific researchers thought that someone with a certain skin color has to be more stupid and therefore have a smaller head, they kind of influenced themselves to measure in a way that the result is going to be that they have <laughs> actually a smaller head. Yeah, even let's round down a bit. Exactly. Two or three centimeters <laughs> or 30. Exactly. No, I don't know. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh -huh. yeah. And Binet sort of developed a new way of measuring intelligence. Um, and the basis of this new approach is psychometrics, which is basically measurement and construction of tests to assess things like knowledge, mood, and even personality. We actually did an episode where he took a personality test, the MBTI indicator. Um, check it out. It was quite interesting. Um, obviously, it's not like a very scientific test but nevertheless it was fun um so he was kind of the person who began that whole journey of measuring mood and personality and intelligence and what he came up with together with um a young doctor theodore no how is it called i have to i have to french right now <laughs> 
How's it pronounced? Theodore Simon, I don't know. Theodore? Theodore, yeah. That was probably Spanish even, no? Yeah, Theodore Simon, whatever. Um, and they kind of developed this new test together, the Binet Simon test, which mm-hmm. um, had at, as its aim to develop a test that could be used to identify children with special educational needs by comparing them their abilities to those of their peers. And actually, there's an interesting table in the textbook. I can actually look it up. There's an um, interesting table where they have the different ages in one column. And for every age, they have uh, certain things that the average child at that particular age should be able to do. So, for example, at age three, (laughs) the child should be able to point to the nose, to the eyes and to the mouth, to repeat two digits, to list objects in a picture, to give their surname and to repeat a sentence of six syllables. You know, st- mm. stuff like that. And they and took like those Nowadays, children. we we at age 20, would, we should be able to live on our own. And nevertheless, we still only eat spaghetti. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in other words, we're stupid. No, yeah. but <laughs> no, but the point is, they kind of took the those different children and the different age groups and got them to do those tasks. And if a child mm-hmm. wasn't able to do that, let's say a child uh, of the age of five comes in. And yeah, little pro- Elias, man, exactly. back then. And he performs well, but only gets to the age of four when it comes to kind of intellectual abilities. Then... Mm. Um, Poor sucker. That would, yeah, that would mean that that child probably needs some extra support um, mm. some let's say special treatment but in a good way obviously you know um, not yeah. in the Nazi Germany way and <laughs> that that was kind of the Oof. beginning of assessing intellectual yeah. ability man what about what about the good ones though they also need special treatment people are always forgetting about the gifted people <laughs> <laughs> okay sure I mean um, yeah, yeah no, no it makes sense yeah. I think during that time people with greater intellectual ability were just left alone, honestly. I think they focused more on the people who may be weaker in an academic context, let's say, and need more support. And the ones who were pretty good and intelligent already, they just left alone, basically. At least that's kind of how it's mm-hmm. mentioned in the textbook. So, mm-hmm. um, Which, when, when was that again? Um, in the nine. Let me look. I think that was close to the nine, to the beginning of the twentieth century. Let me actually. So eighteen ninety or something. Okay. Something like that, or even a bit later. Nine? No, it was okay. Nineteen oh five. Um, the first mm-hmm. version was published, and the last version was published in 1911 so a little bit later yeah man not that long ago then yeah exactly it's it's actually actually quite interesting to see that intelligence research isn't that old at all (laughs) like maybe psychology itself isn't that old right yeah yeah psychology i think 
as a scientific sort of how's it called as a scientific um, discipline science, science yeah. yeah kind of thing. social science <laughs> yeah as a as a science basically psychology only has existed for not even 200 years hmm. kind of like that yeah it's it's quite interesting anyways that's kind of how it all started so they took children asked them questions or uh, told them to repeat stuff or to i think there was one thing where they told children to um show which face is more ugly or which face oh. is more beautiful even stuff like that oh. you know so even back then they weren't like a hundred percent uh on what's actually important for measuring intelligence but it, it was a way better start than craniometry i wonder how well my face would have scored back then <laughs> children would have been running out crying out of the room <laughs> yeah probably yeah, no. um, um right yeah okay okay so that's and like the the early history of of intelligence yeah kind of this kind of the early history and another or another two interesting last things um which i'm sure are going to be important in future episodes covering intelligence is that binet so basically the founder of proper intelligence research did not see intelligence as a fixed thing at all he rather believed mm -hmm. that intelligence can be improved by putting children in the right environment with the right support with the right teachers and so on and so forth um so he, he was quite big on education and sort of helping those who may struggle a bit academically or may struggle in yeah, certain yeah certain aspects and i mean it, it makes sense right i mean your your brain also kind of acts like acts like a muscle if you're i don't know training yourself again and again and again in that certain language or at playing the piano then um yeah more more brain connections like like his, um how are they called like synapses yeah, yeah i think that's it yeah yeah whatever they, they form uh, between the brain cells and yeah your brain more and more adapts to that way yeah to that way of thinking like motoric stuff or or speaking um it just might get more difficult when when you get older sure. because like lang learning languages and stuff um well very common knowledge it's uh, easier mm -hmm. when when you're still growing up because your brain hasn't like fully developed yet and it's more adapt to 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 picking up words Without needing to go to a five-hour seminar each week or so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I mean, it might very well be that I just wasn't aware of it, of that fact. But I read in, in the textbook that, what was it? I think it's obvious, but for some reason I didn't know. That usually measuring intelligence just compares your specific abilities to the abilities of your peer group so if you're five yep. you compare to other five i didn't know that or i wasn't really aware of it and i felt mm. stupid i mean now. i wasn't i <laughs> as you bring it up i also wasn't wasn't that aware of it that i mean from a mathematical point of view it makes sense because you have like this normal distribution thing there going yeah. on um 50 over 100 50 under 100 yeah. yeah yeah and but there you can I actually also so go ahead go ahead 
Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what you can actually observe is um, uh, an IQ of 100 um, would have been very much higher like 50 years ago. Yeah. Than it is nowadays. Because like, yeah, peer group changes, um, educational system changes. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But as I said, I I kind of I kind of wasn't aware of it. I just considered mm. okay, they take all let's say they took all all of Germans' population and kind of measure the average IQ and compare compare you to that. That's kind of yep. the way I thought about it. But I realized okay, they actually take people in your age group in your peer group and compare mm. you to them. So yeah, was. <laughs> was quite good to to be made aware of that um maybe one last thing which i think is is, is pretty i obvious. think i completely misunderstood you then i thought you weren't aware of that it's uh that what i understood was okay um what you thought is okay they just uh arbitrarily define 100 and then measure it and see how many how many people are above it and how many are below that um but what you actually thought was okay um no actually it's mathematically done um the way that we have many we we just measure everyone and <laughs> see where the average what? is and that's 100 uh, but you you didn't know that uh iq was measured like in different age groups and you get different tests based on that and i mean as i said i kind of <laughs> <laughs> I kind of was aware of that in a way, uh -huh. but at the same time, I I kind of didn't. I know I don't know. Reading it yeah, in the I textbook mean, uh, was like, oh, okay, so that's how it's actually done. No, I yeah, didn't yeah, think yeah. that they measure everyone's intelligence. That's obviously not how it works. I just I mean, thought like, they, they giving just the take... babies calculus free exams and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they can do no. that. So I. I <laughs> I knew that that wasn't the way how it works, but at the same mm. time, I, I wasn't really aware of the actual way how it works. I think mm. that kind of describes <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, nice. nice. Right. Maybe one last point, and I think I think it's pretty obvious, which is that the Binet-Simon test, so kind of the original intelligence tests, have heavily influenced the de development of most intelligence tests we use today. Um, obviously, with, there are some with a lot of variation, and there are uh, we're going to talk about that in future episodes. Uh, there are also kind of better ones, more respected ones, and ones that are considered pretty much BS. Just like with the personality test, I think, um, as I said before, kind of this part of psychology, the psychometrics um, research. Uh, where you measure things like knowledge and mood and personality and intelligence are things that are very kind of abstract and hard to grasp and hard to mm. really define. And therefore, there are many tests in, in those areas that are yeah really not that good or not that respected. As we actually found out with the MBTI, which has been used a lot in the past and still is used in some cases um, with companies mm. and in consulting, as Elias has told me, <laughs> yeah. uh, but really among psychologists is not well respected at all. It's considered more of a thing like horoscopes, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whereas a much more reliable one would be the uh, Big Five, where you kind of, 
yeah, it's apparently just way more reliable. I've never done it. I think mm -hmm. it actually costs some money to do it. I don't know. Um, that already makes it seem more reliable, although that's a <laughs> cognitive bias as well. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's kind of the same with personality tests, to be honest. <clears throat> but because we talked earlier about if we want to do an IQ test, and I said that not really because, you know, whatever. And with personality tests, it's kind of the same for me. I mean, the mice break short, sure, it's kind of for fun, you know, and mm. it's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the Pokemon days, you know, comparing what Pokemons you have, and, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of a fun thing to do. Mm. Um, but doing a real personality test, which, you know, is a thing you do once and it's, that's kind of your result and you stick with that. Yeah. Is which again, actually isn't the case as we established <laughs> what do you mean in the part in the last episode um that results quickly uh tend to change like over the course uh, of a few with the weeks. myers bricks yeah with the myers bricks yeah, sure yeah. but i mean probably with other the other one as well though ones. um i mean yeah sure obviously you're not a person that uh, stays the same for 60 years of their life yeah <laughs> well that's the thing we we could maybe also maybe maybe i get my hands on some personality textbook <laughs> Because mm. that's also also quite interesting. I'm I think sure the in argument three years of studying. <laughs> yeah, but I think the argument is pretty similar to the intelligence one, which is okay. Are those abilities or those you know personality traits or whatever are they innate or are they developed or are they the yeah. result of your circumstances? Uh, are they genetic? Whatever. Yeah, it's pretty hard to answer. Is I don't intelligence think we'll ever part find. of your personality? Yeah, exactly. It's also also a question. I think the Myers Briggs does a terrible job <laughs> in that regard <laughs> because they're like, yeah, the whatever INTJ is more intelligent than ninety eight percent of the other types because whatever. And you're like, yeah, what? How? <laughs> what? There wasn't a single maths question, or not a single, not a single uh, task where you had to put uh, rectangular shapes into the rectangular holes. And <laughs> exactly. Those were questions like: Do you enjoy going to parties? Do you enjoy meeting new people? Do you have trouble introducing yourself? You like what? Does that have to do anything with intelligence? Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. the reasoning is kind of, if you don't like people, you must be more rational as a person and therefore you must be smarter. But that's, mm. yeah, not the best yeah, way to argue. Man. So so to sum up uh, our little rant here, rant here um, yeah, intelligence tests as well as um, personality tests, they should probably more be used for as, as comparing Pokemons just like comparing <laughs> Pokemons to each other um, instead of, um, yeah, the, figuring out whether that person should uh, get more quality education at grammar school or, <laughs> or be thrown into exactly. the trash can like all the others. <laughs> <laughs> like we were, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, like us. Look where we ended up here. <laughs> all right man nice yeah, how, how are we gonna continue next episode uh, like next intelligence related episode i mean uh, we're not through the book yet what no not at all it's like it's like the first half of the first chapter um oh man yeah uh what we're gonna talk about next time we talk about intelligence is what our listeners can up. look forward to 
<laughs> oh, okay. Now we're going to talk about kind of the IQ as it is defined today and the distribution of ability, how it's calculated, um, the normal distribution of intelligence and the anatomy of intelligence tests, the Wexler adult intelligence scale and just different ways how kind of... <laughs> How the groundwork Different of Binet has the been transferred to the 21st or 20th century. Mm. What do you mean? Different other things from the table of contents. We will discuss them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're nice going to discuss okay. direct so, chapter one. Yeah. I guess Great. that was the history of uh, intelligence tests, at least a very early history of it. Um, just as an info. As a little disclaimer for you, we decided to make our episodes a little shorter, a little bit uh, more on point, not that long, um, yeah, long, long breath, um, attention devouring one and a half hour episodes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, obviously leave, leave a comment, a review about it and the typical stuff, I suppose, right? Dislikes, likes. <laughs> right as your IQ test result. <laughs> we yeah. won't leak it. No. <laughs> Alright guys, thank you so much for joining in, for listening, and see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.